2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Second Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And I'm going to need a reader to be in the mic today. We're going to all read together, but I need somebody in the microphone today. Second Timothy 2 and 2, 1 through 10. Who's going to read for us today? Volunteers, volunteers. All right. Our new master's degree program person. Just received her master's on yesterday. Come on, clap for her. Amen. The graduate. <laughs> Timothy, you are a son to me. Be strong in the grace that we have because we belong to Christ Jesus. What you have heard me, te me teach publicly, you should teach to others. Share these teachings with people you can trust. Then they will be able to teach others these same things. As a good soldier of Christ Jesus, accept your, accept your share of the troubles we have. A soldier wants to please his commander officer, so he does not spend any time on activities that are not a part of his duties. Athletes in a race must obey all the rules to win. The farmer who works hard deserves the first part of the harvest. Think about what I am saying. The Lord will help you understand it all. Remember Jesus Christ. He is from the family of David. After Jesus died, he was raised from the dead. This is the good news that I tell people. And because I tell that message, I am suffering. I am even bound with chains like someone who has really done wrong. But God's message <clears throat> is not bound. So I patiently accept all these troubles. I do this to help the people God has chosen so that they can have the salvation that is in Christ Jesus. With, his, with this salvation comes glory that never ends. Amen. You may be seated. Thank the Lord for the reading of the word. 2 Timothy 2 and chapter 2 verses 1 through 10 for those that may want to read or go over it later. This is Paul talking to Timothy. Paul is in Rome at the time and he is in jail. And the emperor at the time is, is Nero. So I want you to use your sanctified imagination and picture. Has anyone in here ever been in jail before? Uh, okay, so I figured we might have a few people in here that's been in jail before. So you know what it's like when you're in jail. You don't get to call the shots when you're in jail. Somebody else is telling you when to eat. Somebody telling you when to sleep. And then somebody's even having you locked up behind bars. Now, I think it's something when... You have such a problem being in civilization until not that you're just in jail, because sometimes people can be wrongfully jailed. Do you, do you believe that? That innocent people can go to jail. Do you believe that? Okay, so Paul is an innocent person that's in jail today. The only thing he's guilty of is spreading the message of Jesus Christ, and that's that Jesus lives. And because Paul is spreading the message of Jesus Christ, he has to teach like Jesus. The same way you have to today. So when Jesus stepped into the scene and started teaching among the children of Israel, there was a problem. Let me tell you why there's a problem. And I don't know if you've ever been in this kind of church, and hopefully you don't think Faith Temple is that kind of church. But the scribes and the Pharisees were responsible for keeping and interpreting the law. But along with that law, they start making up their own man-made laws. They start making laws that were so strict until it was something like, 
if you walked uh, only, you could only walk so many steps on the Sabbath. If you walked more than those steps, then you were considered working, and you couldn't work on the Sabbath day. So you were considered in violation of the teachings of Israel. Then they had something like you couldn't eat an egg from a hen that laid an egg on the Sabbath day. Unless you killed the hen that laid the egg, then you could eat the egg that the hen laid. It was some just ridiculous rules that the Pharisees had made in order to control the people. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a church with isms and schisms like that. But there are churches out there still today. They may tell you, they may not be strict about the Sabbath and, and killing the hen and walking so many steps, but they may tell you if you wear pants, you can't see God. If you wear makeup, you can't see God. If you dress a certain way, God ain't pleased. If your hair is a certain way, God is dealing with it. But the Bible tells me that when God was dealing with Samuel, he said, man looks on outward appearance. What God is looking for is a heart situation. God wants to know what kind of heart do you have. So when Jesus steps into the scene, he says, these are the traditions of men. This all is walking certain many steps and killing the hen on the Sabbath if, if it laid an egg. These are not the teachings of God. So that's why the Pharisees hated him. Because, see, they had the church on lock. So if you violated these principles, they made you an outcast of the church. And what that outcast meant, you couldn't buy, you couldn't sell, and neighbors couldn't associate with you. No matter even if you went to the next town, it was like you were a marked person. So then nobody wanted to be that person. So everybody tried to obey what the scribes and Pharisees said, even if it was ridiculous. But then Jesus came, and he didn't care what they thought. He knows where his help comes from. Your help didn't come. Do you know if even if you're in a situation like that, if your help comes from the Lord and you believe that, that no matter who puts you out, no matter who locks you out or who locks you up, if you're pleasing unto the Lord, God will provide for you exactly what you need. He will cause men to give to you according to his riches and glory. Your help don't come from me. Your help don't come from Michelle. Your help don't come from Oscar. The scripture says, I will look to the hills from which cometh my help. My help comes from where? Who did what? Who made what? Heaven. If God has made heaven and earth, surely he can make provision for whatever you need. So you don't bow down to people that are not serving God. You don't bow down to rules that don't give God glory. You don't become afraid because of what some man may not give to you because you're trying to be obedient to the Lord, right? Here's a quick praise break, right? Y'all don't know it, but... You don't do any of that because why? There is power. I don't want you to sing it. I want you to say it. There is what? 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 What kind of power? In the blood of the Lamb. You don't, why would you fear any man when you serve a God that is powerful 
and can do some wondrous. Some wondrous things. Not just, uh, just not that average, but some amazing things. I can tell you some amazing things. God is truly amazing, right? So Paul is, Paul is in jail, and Paul is saying, I ain't tripping. In his, and Paul is getting ready to die. This is the end of his journey. This is one of his last messages. He know he's getting ready to give up his life. And some of us, we're not even getting ready to die. Some of us, we just embarrassed. We won't stand up for God because we don't want to be the only one. We don't stand up for God because we're ashamed or we're standing up for God because we're scared. And we're not about to lose our life. We're just facing those simple characteristics. Being afraid. Being scared. Being embarrassed. And won't speak up for God. And the father says, if you ashamed to own me before men. Now, which is greater? He said, I'm going to be ashamed to own you before my father, which is in heaven. Why would you be embarrassed to share the good news of God? That's your opportunity. I don't care if you're the only one. They say, okay, Lord, here am I. Send me. I'll go. These people in here talking crazy. That Buddha and Muhammad. I heard you this morning. Are the gods on the throne? You think I'm going to sit there and not put Jesus up? You think I'm going to sit there and listen to somebody talk about Buddha and Muhammad and I'm not going to talk about the only true and living God? I'm not going to deny you your right to talk about your God. But you're not going to deny me the right to talk about mine. Right? So even in his dying days, Paul is talking. To, he's passing the torch to young Timothy. Timothy's a young preacher. And he could have been sitting there saying, like, uh, like our people do. Talk about what's his last meal. What do you want to eat for his last meal? Or writing letters to his friends about uh, the, the experiences that they've had or what they've done together. Paul could have been doing all of that. He could have been sitting there talking to the, to the guards or the inmates. You know, some of us may have been playing music that we like or whatever trying to get the last little bit of this world before we get out of here. Something from this world, watching your favorite TV show, uh, whatever, the last bit of this world. But with Paul, with the last bit of his breath, he's telling Timothy, don't let his name go down. He's telling Timothy, the same message you heard me preach, that's what he said in this verse, right? In verse 2, what you have heard me teach publicly, you should teach others. He says, share these teachers with people you can trust. Then they will be able to teach others these same things. It's one of those each one, reach one. This is what Paul is saying in his dying days inside his cell. He's saying, still, don't let his name go down, Timothy. What you heard me teach, you teach. Then teach them to teach somebody, right? They used to say that about church. If we were in this church and each one could reach one, this church would be full. But sometimes in church we think certain people should be able to reach one. No, everybody can reach somebody. Everybody got somebody that has their ear. Everybody should have somebody that is willing to see the life that you live and say, you know, whatever they're doing, they're doing something that I want to do. I want to be like whatever causes them to be that way, I want to be that way. 
So Timothy, he's telling them, pass it on. Tell your neighbor, pass it on. Look, tell your neighbor. Say, pass it on. The gospel of God is not to be held to yourself, <laughs> but it's to be passed on. Amen? So your life, the kind of life you live, determines whether people are going to hear what you're passing on. People want to hear you based on uh, what they see in you. Now people don't have to see perfection. They got to know your heart is right. How many of you know that people can see through your life that your, what your intentions are, what your heart is like? It can look like you're doing something crazy, but people can know when you're trying to come from a good place. Do you believe that? The Bible says your spirit first and then your natural. So sometimes things that you do may not look all that perfect, but people know you're trying to do a good thing. They know that you're coming from a good place. So Timothy wants, uh, Paul wants Timothy to pass on something like that. He wants you to teach people about Jesus Christ, but teach them with, where their heart is coming from a good place. Remember when Jesus came and he was talking to the Pharisees about paying tithes and offerings? And he says, Jesus says, these things you should do, but you can't omit the weightier matters of the law, which is love and mercy, grace, compassion, forgiveness. All those things are the weightier matters of the law. You can't live as a believer and not love somebody. Somebody say, pass it on. You got to love people if you're a Christian. Uh, you got to love people if you're a person of faith. And I say love, and everybody thinks love is so easy. It's not always that easy. You got to love people that's unlovable to you. You might not like them, but you still got to love them. If they're hungry, you got to still give them food. If they're naked and you're able, you still got to clothe them. If they're outdoors, you got still got to take them in. Now, now, the, the Lord will lay it on your heart when you're supposed to do these things. And you can't ignore when God lays it on your heart. I don't care if you pass it by somebody you don't even know. If God said, if God lays it on your heart to provide, provide. But at the same time, if God lays it on your heart to pass by. Because see, some people help people that God wants you to pass by. He want to deal with that person. And he can't deal with them because you keep getting in the way. And you know how you're going to know when you're getting in the you know how you know you're going to know when you're getting in the way of God dealing with a person? You're going to feel that stripe come across your back too. You're going to feel the struggle that it is to help that person. Because some people are so disobedient to the teachings of God, God needs them isolated. He needs to deal with them personally. And because we think we're so good and we think we're so wonderful, we keep interrupting the process. How many of you believe that some people need to go to jail? Y'all don't believe that? I know I need to do, but anybody here, anybody here believe that some people need to go to jail? They need to be locked up. Some people going to go to heaven from the jailhouse. And they're going to go to heaven from prison. And that's the only way they're going to be able to go. Because they, if they're free, they're not going to act right. <laughs> Oh, y'all don't believe that? Some people, they, if they free, they can't get a case or act right. But in jail, they love the Lord and they heard his cry. And pitted is every groan. They go to Bible study every week. They go to church every week. If it's nothing else but to be in the air conditioner. They in the building. And they love it. They there every week. 
So, hey, would some of us go go to jail and see the Lord from the jailhouse? You can't look at the jail and determine that somebody don't love the Lord. People in jail can love the Lord. Paul obviously does. People can do that. People can be saved in jail. People on death row can see the Lord's face in peace. Somebody may have killed our brother, sister, and still be able to go to heaven and, and stand right there beside you. It's not about what you do. It's about the condition of the heart. Some people repent and get it right. They feel godly sorry for their behavior, come into correction, and will stand right there beside you in glory, no matter what they've done in this world. You don't know how people started and don't know what made them turn out that way. But if we love everybody, it gives them opportunity to change and be accepted in that change. So here Paul is in jail. What if he was the kind of person to say, oh, he ain't going to make it. He ain't going to see the Lord. Paul will preach God all his life. Well, not all his life. Because part of his life, he persecuted the Christians. See, I'm glad y'all read because you go out, Pastor Brown. When he was, let me see, Paul served God all of his life, but Saul, Saul persecuted the Christians. But uh, and and uh, so now Paul has given a great deal of his life to the service of God. Paul wrote 13 books of the New Testament that we read today. These letters and epistles that we're reading, Paul wrote them down so that we might have them to live by today. So even though he's not here, the Holy Spirit empowered him, and he's still passing it on to us today, whether we know it or not. You're still touched by the writings of Paul that as, as inspired by the Holy Ghost. So here he is talking to Timothy, passing it on, and that's why I wanted you to know that song. There's power, wonder, work, and power in the name of the Lord. It's power in the fact that, that Paul wrote this down, and we're reading it today. That's powerful. They didn't have this written down back then, but we have it written down today so that we have the word of God to live by. So let me say this. While Paul was uh, in jail, he's suffering for the cause of Christ. He's not suffering for anything he did other than preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That was his only sin, his only downfall. And if I recall uh, correctly, every disciple that preached for Jesus Christ ended up being a mortar, by that mean, meaning being killed, just for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I want you to think about this today, because Paul is reflecting over his life. He's looking back over the things that he's done for the Lord while he's talking to Timothy. Now, I want you to use your sanctified imagination and reflect, which means to look back in your mind over your life. I can't see your life in my imagination, but you can see your own. Can you think back? If the Lord blesses you, I want you to think back over your, over your life. Can you see points where you, where you could go if it had not been for the Lord? On my side, I don't know where I'd be. Can you see points in your life where you are grateful to God for what he has done, where he has brought you? Has there been some setbacks in your life? Has there been some things that look like it tried to stop you or hinder you from going forward? Has it been times in your life, as you look back over your life, where you wondered? Have you ever been that person that had to ever wonder where your next bill was going to come from? Or how you was going to get your bills paid? 
but you're here today. You're an overcomer, right? And then there's been times when you thought, man, I don't know if you've ever been here, but I've been here like, um, have you faced like bouts of depression? Well, you didn't want to get out of your bed. Just wanted to pull the cover over your head and just call it a day. Or have you been that kind of person that wondered, man, this life, how long are we going to be dealing with this? I can't take this no more. As a believer, you go through all of those situations. You're human. You're not uh, some superhuman that don't experience all of those situations. The good thing is that the Bible says that we don't serve a high priest that's not touched by the feelings of our emotions. You know what's the good thing about Jesus coming down here in human flesh? Is he felt what we feel. Before that, he was fully God. But when he became fully God and fully man, so everything you have felt, God has felt. And it's in that body that he defeated those spirits. So God is able to give us direction and guidance because he is powerful. He's the only healer that we have. I don't care how many times you go to a doctor, a doctor cannot heal you. They can treat you. But they expect this body that God gave you to heal on its own. If it does not heal, like cancer patients and so many other people, you know what they say? We've done all we can do. We can't do anything else for you. And then it's your decision to decide, are you going to go to the Lord whenever you need something? Are you going to pass? And then when God does it, he works it out for you, then you do like Paul, you pass it on. You don't just sit there and God has healed your body and you don't say anything. God has delivered you from a situation and you don't say anything. You got to pass it on. The Bible says you even overcome by the words of your testimony and the blood of your lamb. The more you testify, the more you are overcome. You got to be bold when you're serving God. You can't be fearful. You got to be bold when you're serving the Lord. That's how it's got to work. Or else, you know, I don't know if you've ever been excited about anything. Anybody ever been excited about anything? When you were excited, did you want to tell somebody? We could get a new car we want to tell somebody. But don't tell nobody about Jesus. If we get a new house, we want to show off the whole thing. But don't tell anything about the Lord. Some people could just get a new dress and want to tell somebody and don't want to tell anybody about the Lord. If somebody, just say, like you, just say you don't go out there and provoke the conversation. Just say like if I ask Sister Brittany, where did you get those glasses? You think she's going to sit there like this? She's going to tell me. I don't know where she got those glasses from, but I was talking to another sister the other day, and I said, where you get those glasses? American Eagle. She just testified. You don't believe that? Where'd you get that dress? Macy's. You just testified. You cannot testify like that, and then somebody says, how did you go through that? 
and keep the attitude that you got. That's your spotlight moment. You go, nobody but you just testified. And you know what you did? You passed it on. See? That's what just happened. You just passed it on, right? That's power, right? Because there's what? Power. That's what? And see, you can tell it however you want to tell it. You can sing it however you want to sing it. But when you do stuff like that, you're passing it on. And that's all Paul is saying today in our lesson is pass it on. That's all our message is about today. Pass it on. Say it loud. Say it again. Say it again. As a believer, it's your job to do what? And that's what I want you to do when you leave here today. We're going. We're going to pass it on. Just like Paul is passing it on to Timothy. Y'all know how relay races work, right? Nobody's in this race alone. We gotta, you got to at least know that your little part, that you passed it on. And if you're leaving this world, and I know that people, and, and people, let me say this. And if you don't know how to do this or haven't done this, I will help you do this. Every person in here, I don't want anyone in this church to leave this world without having a will. I don't care if you don't have anything but a family Bible. I want you to create a will where you say, I want my nephew Tommy to have this family Bible. Because something happens when, when, when our people die, people get brand new about all your little stuff. They could not have even been there. And they'll say, uh, Sister Ernestine wanted me to have these rocks. I know they was her favorite rocks, and she talked, and you'll have them people that before you can even put the body in the ground or, or cremate it, she left everything to me. So before, before you go there, everybody get a wheel. We may have a wheel day at this church. We come here just do wheels. Everybody get a wheel so that you can keep peace in your family. Because you're you going to be gone, and you want your last pass it on to be peace in your family on the natural. On the spiritual side, you want to have passed on something that people can live by. One of the things that I put in a wheel that is probably unique is I said, what do you want to say to your family in your will? What did you want them to know? And the last will I did, she said, I want them to know that Jesus is the way. That's in her will. I want the, the executor to tell my family that Jesus is the way. She gone on the glory, but she passed it on, right? She didn't leave here without them, know, want, without them knowing that she wanted them to know that Jesus is the way. She passed that on in life and in death. And that's what Paul is doing, passing it on in his life before he gets ready to die. Because Paul is the one that told you, hey, I ain't worried about this thing because to live is Christ. To die is gain. Paul said that. Paul said, so if I'm living, I'm going to preach Jesus, preach Jesus, preach Jesus. preach." But if I'm dying, I'm going to transition. I'm going to be born again in the glory. I'm going to clap my hands and glad it's over and thank the Lord for being in righteousness. 
And the Bible says, Paul taught us in the word that there is a crown of righteousness laid up for you in glory. Can you imagine meeting Jesus after you done lived for him? Huh? You done lived for him the best you know how, and he done gave you the Holy Spirit to guide you, and now here you are seeing him face to face? I don't know what Jesus will say to you. Maybe he'll say, hey, Sharon. Maybe he'll say, what up, Nita? I don't know how God will greet you, but for sure, you're going to feel the love of God in your presence. That's what you're going to feel. The power of God, the love of God, the appreciation of God for us spreading the gospel. So we're going to do what? We're going to do what? We're going to pass it on. I'm going to say this a little bit before uh, uh, we close. In his reflection, in Paul thinking over his life, in you thinking over your life, I want you to think about what's the last advice you would give somebody. But I would pray that you would include in that advice something about Jesus Christ. Because only what you do for Christ is going to last. All this other stuff that we're doing and all these other things that we're doing is not going to be counted in the end. Only what we do for him is what's going to be counted. And Paul knew this. So that's why he told Timothy, don't let them despise your youth. Because you're young, you get out there and do the work of the Lord. And this is just like Paul's little godson. He got, he's carrying Timothy under his wing, teaching him the whole time. God always has a witness. Remember what the scripture says? If you don't praise him, the scripture says he'll make the rocks to cry out. Can you imagine? If Faith Temple didn't praise God on this corner... Can you imagine going outside and seeing rocks saying hallelujah? That would trip you out, wouldn't it? It'd trip you out even more if you knew one had to cry because we didn't. Ain't no rock going to cry out in my place. Ain't no rock going to give God glory because I didn't give God glory. He has done too much for me. What does the song say? I can't. Play that, John. I cannot. What? You've done so much for me. I cannot tell it all. He has taken all my sins away. One more time. He's done so much for me. I cannot tell it all. Cannot tell it all. Can I tell it all? Done so much for me. I cannot tell it all. He's taken all my sins. Oh, that's the biggest thing, right? That's the biggest thing, right? To know that the Lord, I don't know if you think about how that process works. It's enough to get you all excited that even though you mess up or blow it or whatever, God's blood is strong enough to cover. It's strong enough for you to say, Lord, forgive me, and he forgives. It's strong enough for you to ask the person to forgive you, and the Lord uh, honors his word. So it's worth passing on. The message of Jesus Christ is worth passing on. If you get a chance, read, uh, read that passage in 1 uh, Timothy chapter 2, 2 Timothy chapter 2, because Paul is getting ready to release himself from this life. He's letting go of everything that's his life has for him. 
And the last thing he wants to release is the message of he is risen. He is Lord. He is God. And he is seated on the right hand of the Father. Now, Paul had every reason to be mad because when you die, you don't want to be bitter. You know, don't be bitter with anybody in this life. If they did you wrong, go ahead and forgive them and let God deal with it. Heal from that situation. Don't carry anybody in your spirit. And, and by that I mean don't have anybody that if somebody mentioned their name, you just go off. Uh, Teddy. Ooh, I can't stand Teddy. You know what I mean? That, and that's bitterness building up inside of you. Uh, Michael. Ooh, he owed me money. You know, don't loan money if you can't expect it not to see it again. That's a good principle. If you, if you loan money to somebody, just realize you gave it away. Don't, don't go to people saying, I'm going to loan you this. This is my bill money now. Now you got to get this back. No, don't loan people money like that. Because y'all know the story. When people borrow money, they got a song to sing. I'll pay you back uh, when I get my income tax check. And then when people get an income tax check, they can think of everything in the world they want to do with that income tax check but pay you back. Or I will pay you back when I get paid next Tuesday. And then next Tuesday come, and you ain't the only person they owe. And they still got to pay their bills. So if somebody borrow money from you, it's a requirement of God that we love people. It's not a requirement that you loan people money. It's a requirement that you love people. So if your loaning money is going to stop you from loving somebody or forgiving somebody, then keep your little money in your wallet. Because if you loan something, expect for it to be gone. Pray prayerfully to come back, but if it don't, you're going on anyhow, right? It don't matter because you love God, right? And that's the message you're trying to pass on. And you know the scripture in the Bible, we talk about this so much, that God uh, about, not, not that God, but the one that says, talks about, uh, let your light so shine that men can see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. So shine. Not just shine, but so shine. So a so shine moment is when you loan money to somebody, they don't pay you back, and you still got a good attitude about it. You can still so shine. You can still so shy with them. I like this. So, and then, so things can happen that the enemy expects that he's going to be able to harvest from you and get you to act crazy. And your response to him is, see, you're going to shine on anyway. Don't let anybody let the name of the Lord go down in you. You're going to be so. Man, because I'm telling you, when you look back and see some of the stuff that God has done, if you reflect like Paul and see what God has done in your life, it ought to blow your mind, and I don't even know what your life looks like. I know what some of y'all lives look like. But you can look back and go, man, even on this side, I ain't talking about in the world, I'm talking about on this side. As a believer, some of the stuff that didn't happen, and you didn't have to say, you know, I know y'all can testify, right? I got to say this and then, I'm going to close. The lesson technically is closed, but I got to say this because I don't know if she's going to testify today or not. You going to testify? You are? Okay. we Because I think that's a so shine moment for you, whether you know it or not, because your response was, uh, 
put you in a so shine moment. And so, Cheryl, come on, come on up, Cheryl. You want to testify for Bill? Okay. So, uh, I'm Steve. Are you you recording this? Yeah. Uh, actually, no. Actually, I want that testimony on record. Okay. Come on, testify in the mic, Cheryl. Up. Okay, so stop it. She's going to be messed up if she, if she knows she recorded. Okay. So a so shy moment is, is above certain situations. So I want you to hear uh, Cheryl's testimony uh, as to the power, the wonder working power of the Lord. Yes, 